welcome everybody to the Student Social Work Hub Chat with me, Dwayne Phillips. Today, I've got a guest I'm really excited to interview. So I would like to introduce Dr. Jess Langston. And thanks for joining us today, Jess. Oh, thanks for inviting me. So um, as the show runs, we have three questions. First question is more focused on you. The second is about social work theory and practices. And the third one is mainly about kind of advice for students that might be taking part by listening. So the first, I've known you for years and I always feel like every time I speak with you, I end up buying more books or I just feel like you switch on a different light bulb in my head. So what I'd, re what I'd, what I'd personally be really interested to know is kind of what was your route into social work? Um, so firstly, thank you for inviting me. I love our conversations. You're always so passionate and interested and it's always, I always come away thinking about something new. So it's, it's a mutual um, exchange. But um, so my route into to social work was, I suppose I'm what's called a non-traditional student. I wasn't very good at school. Uh, certainly didn't feel like I fitted at school, wasn't very good academically. Um, and uh, so I'd kind of just bimbled out uh, and went into temping work in office admin and then ended up kind of uh, in what was the time called an unqualified social worker post um, and decided to go off to do my um, social work degree. And I am lucky that it was at a time when they were converting UCAS, uh, experience for UCAS points and you didn't have to do your maths and English GCSE. You could do a literacy and numeracy test. So I got in through, you know, the skin of my teeth. Um, and I struggled. My first year was uh, a, a complete and utter train wreck. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like, you know, I'd been told my whole life that I was lazy or stupid or academic, you know, stuff wasn't for me. You're more practical. Um, and I just really struggled. Uh, but I was at a university that prided itself on that pastoral care that the staff group were also made up of women who had been told that they weren't um, to be in education, that came to education later in life, who didn't just do that very easy signposting, go off to student support thing, but actually took the time to model really good social work values and social work practice about, okay, so you've got barriers before you make a decision about whether academia is for you, whether you make a decision about whether the degree is for you, let's see what we can do to remove those barriers. And if it's the barriers, then how you'll carry on. And if it's not, and if it isn't for you, then you make the decision. And it turned out that actually once we started to look at some of those barriers and started to think about the complexities of being a mature student with a load of baggage that comes with you when you come from a working class background where you're the first to go to uni um, and you start addressing and looking at those things, actually it was it was okay and I did all right. Um, and that was my route into to education and into social work. You know, it's, it's really brilliant. I think it's a real lesson for student social workers and social workers about the power in words that, you know, what you could say, even something flippant like, oh, you, you're just really practical, could be so damaging without knowing, okay. you know, whether you, you, you think you're being helpful or not. And, you know, I, I, I think I have somewhat similar routes as well. And, you know, do you feel that this is a sub question that i'm asking you do you feel that coming into your into your social work journey later was better for your social work skills um i think so i think i was more purposeful about it as i'm now looking at universities with it with my son 
um, you know, and he'll be doing a very traditional route in the sense of he'll be finishing his A-levels and then he'll be going to uni. And actually the priority for him is about finding a university that he's going to go and live in halls and he's going to go and have fun. And we are looking at the courses. Of course, we are in the course content. But actually, I want him to go and have fun. I want him to go and have some of those life skills. When I went to uni, I'd got a mortgage and two small children. And my priority wasn't about making friends, although I did make some um, friends that are still we're still very, very close now some considerable time later um but actually it, it, it was i was far more purposeful about the fact that that's why i was there um and so i think it is different i'm not saying that it's better mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't know whether you're aware but traditionally uh, previously we had an age um cut off so you you couldn't apply for the course um until, until you'd reached a certain age because there was a recognition that you needed personal experience and i'm pleased to say we've shifted away from that because the last thing we need is social workers who base their practice on personal experiences but i do think that there is a quality that we don't talk about or not quality a quality of experience that we talk about uh, we don't talk about for mature students for the ones that do come in again right i'm here i'm here to learn I'm here because actually, yeah, I'm going to get my work done. I'm not going to cram my essay on a Sunday night because I spent all day Friday and Saturday at the pub. Not that you can at the moment, but, you know, I think there is. But there's swings and roundabouts. I would never want to deny anybody at 19 the opportunity to come and do social work at all. But I do think yeah, don't celebrate the um, positives of mature students. Definitely. And, you know, I will say some of the... I've had some amazing like research and conversations over Twitter with students that are, you know, nearly half my age. So it's, it's I always find a real kind of interesting conversation of the roots to education and almost some of this, the beautiful thing about it that you, you can go in in different ways. And I, I think the purposefulness of the learning is quite important there. Yeah. So stick, sticking with being a student, you know, especially social work student, it, you know, it's so much around reflection and theory and research. So what i would like to kind of i'd be interested to ask from you is what's kind of a piece of research or theory or an approach or something that really interests you that you think students should be looking at i think we are uh, we've just had what i think is probably one of the most important pieces of research not just had it it was it's come out a couple of years ago and it's the child welfare inequalities project um and yes it's slanted towards children's because that's my um background and that's my interest um but i do think it's the, the messages and the findings are transferable in terms of how families are. So there's a, the, the Child Welfare Inequalities Project came um, from Paul Bywaters, Kate Morris, um, Callum Webb, um, and it, it looked across the country at the disproportionate intervention in the lives of people who are living in poverty, that it goes beyond just attitudes, that actually it is structurally built into our interventions, into our questions, into everything into our computer systems that we individualize structural inequalities that we i think kate morris described poverty as the wallpaper of social work practice it's it's too big to notice but it's too familiar to do any it's too, sorry it's too familiar i think it's too familiar to, to to notice and too big to do anything about you know that we just yeah. we individualize it and it yeah. certainly um was what i found in my research was that we you know uh we know what the poverty line is, and we know that, um, and we know that below that, people are going to struggle to heat, to eat, to wash, to clean, yet we still have 
child in need plans and child protection plans that focus on the kids clothes not being clean enough or the food not being good enough without actually ever saying but the family are 30 percent below the poverty line we don't do that we just blame and i think that it is a really important piece of research that i my students will tell you i make them all read and i shoehorn it into every lecture i can because i just think it's really, it's just one of the most important pieces of research to be done. All right then, so guys, I will put the title of it in the description and on screen. And I think me personally will be looking at it as well. Because it's that, you know, it sounds exactly right on my street. And you've not, so clearly you've not read it. I've recommended it to no. you before. Jesse, matter of stuff you've sent me. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, the last question is something that I always find interesting in, in people that are so experienced in so many different ways of this social care industry and you know the, the thing about it it's so wide as well is as a lecturer as well that's you know has so much interactions with students what is kind of a piece of information you know a bit of advice that you'd like to give it's kind of the next generation of social workers coming through I think um, the first bit is a really practical bit of advice about go join your union and um, that's absolutely my first bit of really practical advice is go be part of a union um, but I think in terms of more general kind of social work practices to be purposeful to recognise that you are an agent of the state you are quite literally between the government and individual family life and you enact that ideology you enact that legislation be purposeful about it and recognise it there's no point the number of students who say, oh, I'm not political. And I kind of go, how can you say that you're not political? And I'm not talking party political as in Labour, Tory, Lib Dems. I'm talking political with, you know, as in a general sense that you are taking a job that you are training for a job. You want to be in a role that is regulated by the government, that is created by the government, that enacts government policy and that enacts government legislation and ideology, you have to be purposeful about that and recognise what you're doing. And I think sometimes that bit's missing. And I think that's when I find and I speak to students who are struggling or going, I'm not sure I can do this. It's because actually, what is this? And they, they fail and struggle to recognise and marry those two up because actually that a lot of our values don't meet the ideology and unless we're honest about that and we think about how we're purposefully going to be social workers if we don't do that bit of the the, the journey if we just miss an acknowledgement that social work is difficult it is full of tensions and conflict actually our values don't align with a lot of government agenda uh, the, the values that we are regulated against do not align unless we have a purposeful conversation about that and recognise it. And that conversation can be with ourselves. But unless we are purposefully thinking about how we mitigate those tensions, how we mitigate the conflict in the social work role between government and family life, that actually that's when we start to struggle with the burnout because actually the job isn't what we think. I'm really struggling with what I'm doing. This doesn't feel right because we're missing that bit of the journey that says actually some of the stuff that I'm being made to do actually doesn't sit with what I'm being regulated against and I think that's the most that's the bit that I tell my students about be purposeful think about what you're doing think about where your actions are coming from when you trace them back are they coming from your values or are they coming from government agenda are you bothered about the size of that family's tv because you have been told that 
families on benefits are feckless or are you worried about the size of that tv because actually you're a bit worried that dad you know or mom or someone um did something or you know it's going to fall off the wall why are you worried about that unpick it and be purposeful about what you're doing you know it's probably one of the best pieces of advice i've heard and my lecturer this year um said something very similar about when we're looking at paradigms and about where we kind of sit in the social order and actually social workers can't be necessarily radical because of that same you are an agent of the state you can do radical moves and little radical things but you are ultimately in that box and and you know that really helped me as someone that's worked with families forever really helped me really think about really reflect on what we're doing and i think that's such a powerful piece of advice i think social workers going in should be one of the first things you should be reflecting on and, and be thinking about because if we miss that out if we miss out that actually what we're doing is filled with conflict what we're doing is filled with tensions we are told you know our, our social work um, standards say that we must uphold social justice we must tackle inequality but actually we have a legislative framework and a government agenda that promotes inequality that actually has no regard for social justice if we don't recognize that we're being pulled in very different ways and we miss that bit out within the conversations with ourselves, we start to think, well, we're not good enough at doing this. Well, why can't I do this? But the second you say, I am in an impossible situation here, we can start to breathe a little bit and go, we're in an impossible situation. This is really difficult. What can I do to mitigate it for people? What can I do to mitigate it for myself? And I think when I see social workers burn out, a lot of it is around the fact that they are, they, they don't recognise they're pulling in every way, they don't recognise the conflict and tension and therefore it ends up being internalised and it's a fighting battle against, uh, I don't know, there's so many analogies, running up, uh, swimming upstream or whatever else. Mm. We need to acknowledge it. I think that's brilliant. I hope that I hope that really gives a lot of people kind of a bit of food for thought. Um, so the next thing I would like to ask, well, actually, first off, thank you again for giving up your time because I know you are a very, very busy doctor and um, if people wanted to make contact with you and maybe ask more what's the best place to find you Jess? uh so twitter probably is the best place i can't remember my twitter name so you're gonna have to put it up for me I'll put it underneath it's not Thank a problem <laughs> and uh if anyone wants to find me on twitter i am Dwayne underscore phillips underscore and i'm also part of the student social worker hub which is at SW Bohemians. Um, so you can get in contact with us there. Uh, we also have an email address, which is studentsocialworkers at outlook.com. And thank you for listening, watching, hearing us today, and uh, hope you get to see some more of our content soon. Thank you very much. And thanks again, Dr. Jess. <laughs> no problem, Jay. Thanks Take for inviting care. me.